If you're good at something, never do it for free. Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? So let me hey everyone, welcome back to the Kevin and HJ podcast. And today, we are talking about the NBA. There's a lot of stuff coming up. Um, NBA All-Star Weekend's coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, the trade deadline's in a couple weeks. And we just passed the halfway point of the season. So I thought I would have Andrew Mondion to talk about um, half-season awards, um, MVP, All-NBA, maybe Rookie of the Year, which is pretty easy with Luka. Um, but yeah, I thought I'd have Andrew on and just talk about all the things that are going on in the NBA. So welcome, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, although I prepared for a deep dive into Yusuf Nurkic's triple double from last night, so <laughs> I thought we'd be doing that. But I guess we can do the uh, MVP. And, and stuff I have instead. a lot to brag about with Spencer Dinwiddie putting sure. up eleven points sure, in thirty sure, seconds. Sure, sure. So. Um, yeah, what I wanted to start off with is talk about some of the NBA awards. We just passed the halfway point yeah, in this season. Yeah, it's kind of flown by, especially I feel like the last month or so since since we last talked, things have started to heat up. Some things have started to kind of round into form. I think now is when you kind of can start to have a good sense as to some of this stuff. Obviously, things will change, but especially as we're kind of getting ready to head into All-Star Now's a good time to kind of take stock of some of this stuff, I think. And I actually did some tabulation. So okay. you know how we did a preview podcast. Yeah. So right now, at this point, so it, today we're recording it on January 17th, yeah. 2019. I did some tabulations. So with the teams that I drafted, I ended up with 338 wins. Mm-hmm. And Andrew has 326. So it's not terribly interesting, far off. But yeah. I was li- re-listening to some of the podcasts yeah. in preparation for... There um, were a few things we got right and a lot, lot we got way <laughs> off on, especially in the East, I feel Ooh, like. Washington Wizards, for me. Well, Ooh, I, that that's what I great. got right, but I was down on the Nuggets. Uh, I picked Boston first in the East, which I don't think is, is too crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. So. Yeah, and I, yeah, I had... I got lucky with having the Nuggets, choosing them as my fourth team in the West. And then a couple, I mean, they're like the Kings were the last pick in the whole. No one took the Kings. No one took the Kings, and I ended up with them. So I think that was the difference right there. So it was kind of interesting to go back and listen to some of the things that we were saying. Um, kind of in review, and then we're talking a lot about Jimmy Butler in in those preview yeah. podcasts, and he's already he's been traded to Philly, um, and being able to talk and listen to all of those things, it just shows how much changes in the NBA yeah. over the course of a half a season. And in I think a guy will talk about James Harden uh, over the course of a month, how things can change pretty much. I mean, we barely. Kind of last time we talked, I think the conversation about the Rockets was still kind of like we're what's down. going on yeah, here. Yeah, we're very and confused. Th- a about month, them. James Harden has risen to an MVP, definitely in the top three for the for MVP, and the Rockets look look great. So, mm-hmm. so speaking of MVP race, we who did you have winning this MVP race at the half season mark? So yeah, 
to remind the listeners yes. when we're going through our list of teams and awards and things like that, what's important to remember is it's just based on the performance for half the yeah. season. Yeah. And it's we're not, not projecting. We're not projecting. We're not projecting who's going to win. We're kind of doing an if the season ended today. Exactly. Kind of exactly. Yeah. So in terms of the MVP race, who did you have winning the MVP? For half the season. And this is one I think we'll diverge on. We'll see. But speak of the devil, I actually have James Harden as my MVP for the first half of the season. Um, I think what he's doing right now, it, which in, I'm trying to think of the way to attack this. Well, I'll say this this way. An interesting thing about me picking James Harden, to me, he will have been the MVP. If he wins MVP this year, he will have been the MVP for three straight seasons. He obviously won it last year. And... We didn't have a podcast of at the time to talk about, but I was always a proponent of him over Russell Westbrook in that triple-double season. But I think uh, statistically what he's doing is pretty undeniable. I don't have the splits in front of me, but in pretty much every advanced metric, he's number one. He obviously had that um, streak of games where he was scoring over 35 every night. Um, what what was I where was I going with this um so that uh he's an incredibly he's incredibly efficient you know everything everything people know about him but the thing is this year he's doing it and he's now kind of brought I don't know where the Rockets are in, in the conference they're standards. sitting at fifth right they're now. they're sitting at fifth and I wouldn't be surprised if they climb up to as high as as high as second obviously they could fall but I just think last year if he performed at this level he was performing at this level with Chris Paul to kind of buoy him and this year he's doing it with a worse supporting cast and with no Chris Paul so he's kind of the one who jumps when I'm thinking of an MVP I'm you can really have your own kind of philosophy and I kind of do a mix of like statistical brilliance possible career year some something statistically that's jumping off the page at me and I do like to look at kind of someone whose performance is really carrying and buoying their team and I think Horton is doing um doing that most this season, although I would have no qualms with someone like Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is who I would guess. And I think that's a, yeah, that's a good lead in for me to talk about Giannis. Mm -hmm. And I think all the, the, the criteria that you mentioned in terms of having a career year, that's what Giannis is doing. Yeah. And he barely has a three point. He doesn't have a three point shot. He barely has a jump shot at all. Yeah. And he's putting up these crazy numbers, um, and it's leading to team success. Met, uh, Milwaukee's leading the East right now. They're sitting at 32 and 12, sitting at number one um, in the East. So it's not like he's doing it on a team that's going 500, yeah. and it's leading to team success in conjunction with, I think, new offensive philosophy with Mike but Budenholzer. So it's kind of all coming together together for Giannis and he just he's just a freak it's yeah. crazy how good he looks without a jump shot he gets to the he gets to the hoop in two steps and it's crazy from the three-point line um and he just and he it's not like he's surrounded by amazing talent yes. either he doesn't have a clear defined second star mm -hmm. like you would see somewhere you know in Golden State or, yeah. or even in Boston he He's pretty much the only guy there. So that's why I put him at number one. And the hard, what Harden's done over the past month or so really made me think. 
like pause. Would he be your number two at this clear point? Num- I think he's clear number two, and it was real. It's almost a coin toss, I yeah. think, between both of them. Yeah, I mean, I was my one, um, my one uh, kind of hesitation with picking Harden was the fact that am I overrating? last month too much am I kind of having that recency bias as, as to what has happened and I think you could make that that argument as well but at the end of the day like the thing I think that also led me to pick him over Giannis as it pertains to this like Harden just has had that magical run he's had those sports center like you know wow moments and just putting the team on his back performances I agree with your thoughts about Giannis and his supporting cast, but I think Giannis does have a better supporting cast, and I think the coach, to the change to Budenholzer played a factor, whereas kind of Harden's in a team that's less equipped to run their system mm-hmm. right now. But I think what Giannis is doing is obviously, obviously incredible as well. Yeah, and I think it, if you take all the factors in, Milwaukee's sitting at thirty-two and twelve. Yeah. Houston sitting at twenty-five and nineteen. Yeah, you could. So yeah, you could argue that the team, the if you put more weight on that kind of the team success, that right. totally. Yeah. It, exactly. So that's kind of where I kind of went with it, and Giannis yeah. is. And I think in terms of narrative, when whenever you're thinking about MVP, yeah, it's very hard to be a two-time MVP. Yes, and the coronation of Giannis is a great is a great storyline as well exactly and the fact that Harden's a clear number two and pushing for MVP votes is just amazing in itself because it's incredibly hard to repeat as the MVP and he's putting up 35 points a game he's averaging 35 points a game which is ridiculous um I think I was listening to a couple podcasts and they're mentioning how 35 points per game hasn't been done that many times in NBA history. Yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to get there, to be honest with you, but I definitely think they'll average over 30. Yeah, I I mean, that's pretty Even if he was like 32, that would still be pretty. pretty Yeah, yeah, pretty amazing. So that's who I had for MVP. Um, I think it's pretty clear between those two. I mean, if you wanted to talk... Who would your three be? Just wondering. Number three... Mm. Or should uh, we just go right into all NBA? I we could go into all NBA if but we wanted to. But I would to. be I would be interested in seeing who. I think I would take Anthony Davis. I'm not completely sold on that. I haven't buffed mm-hmm. out my case, but he also I I think because of kind of what's going on in the Pelicans lands right now. He's getting overlooked, but if you look at his stats, they're incredible. He's incredibly efficient. I mean, He's, I mean, especially at the beginning of the season when they were winning more, he was putting up absolutely monstrous games, but he still does. I think he really has reached that point. And obviously he was in the kind of top three last year, but I really do think he has reached that point where like he's here and he's in his prime. And I I think that does, and he's doing it every night. And I think that deserves to be acknowledged. I think he gets dinged for success uh team success but there isn't anyone else because everyone everyone else as you're going with one notable exception that i don't want to spoil but i think everyone else has flaws in their in their case major flaws for sure yeah i was gonna actually go with kd but yeah and then kd anthony davis like anthony davis is putting up a ton of great stats but that pelicans team is 
struggling a little bit. Yeah. And we could talk about supporting cast and things like that. Um, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's terrible. Yeah. Um, there's this argument that's been going around with Anthony Davis that if he's this generational talent, he should be able to win 45 games mm-hmm. with basically complete utter yeah. crap. Yeah. Um, and he does ha- also have Drew Holiday next to him who is having a very good year and it's and is probably underrated, but once you get beyond that, it's it's pretty tough. Right, right, right. So, why don't we go into all NBA teams? Yeah. So, we so both me and Andrew came up with our first, second, and third teams, yeah. and we ended up, you know, ranking them and, and putting them in. So for all NBA, you need two two backcourt players, yeah. two frontcourt players, and a one big man yeah. center guy. Yeah. So that's kind of how we broke it down. Yeah. So Andrew, you want to give? How, how do you want to do this? Do you want to you wanna go list? guard? Why don't we trade it off and kind of go back and forth? I think that'll keep things going better. Who were your guards for first team all NBA? So first team all NBA, I thought this was pretty clear for me mm-hmm. um i put steph and harden down i did too as much as i wanted to put damian lillard i put i put curry and harden uh we, since we've talked about harden i'd like to if you don't mind kind of lead off as someone who loves damian lillard uh-huh. to say why i put Cur- and also i think Kyrie had a had a case also yep. but to say why i i put curry and you know despite loving damian lillard so much uh the shooting numbers are just too good to ignore when you look at what's going on statistically with him. This is his second best season behind like 15-16. I think he's shooting like 49-45-90 whatever is basically yeah. his his line right now and that's that's absolutely incredible. And also I just think what's happened with the Warriors this season, they're now number 1 in the West again, so they've kind of figured it out in a way but i think what ha- even what happened while he wasn't playing and the struggles they had when he wasn't playing shows how integral to that team he is so those two things combined kind of the in a, a great in what's been an incredible career kind of uh, a definite apex combined with that illustration of what he means to the warriors um, led to me putting him first team. Yeah, and I think those shooting percentages, if you think about it, are just ridiculous. He's shooting forty five percent from three, like, yeah. and and he's gone on this like recent hot streak. Yeah. Like in the past three games, he's put. I think he's scored or he's made nine threes in each game or something like that, which is completely ridiculous. So he's done so much in term. The only thing I guess you could point to is he's been he was out for yeah. a little bit and he's played thirty four games thus far this season that would put him at sixty eight if you you know just do simple math. And yeah, my that. I've been thinking like I feel like seventy five percent is kind of my cutoff where I'll start severely dinging you. So he's right, kind of on the borderline there. Right, it's right. not so much of a concern for me yet. Yeah. So I mean, I I thought it was pretty clear um, in the backcourt, Steph and Harden. Um, I'm kind of interested to hear who your front court players are because I think this is where it gets very interesting. Yeah. There's a clear, like, five guys yeah. that I was having trouble trying. To, I was just basically shuffling them yeah. back and forth. Well, do you want me to give – I this is kind of where – let me give you my whole front court because this is – the first team is where I did something crazy, kind of. Maybe you'll okay. – but I put Giannis and Anthony Davis as my forwards on the first team and put okay. Nikola Jokic as my big man okay. on okay. the first team. Interesting. 
Uh, so I don't know how you what your reaction is to that and where you want to go. What did you have, well, Giannis I and Durant? I'm I guessing had, I based Giannis, on that. I had Giannis and Durant, and then AD at, yeah. as the big man center. So why don't we go at it this way? We can definitely talk about Durant, and because that means I put Durant on my second team all uh-huh. as well. We've talked about Davis a little bit. Why I think Jokic deserves first-team recognition is just... It's kind of Lillard making first-team All-NBA last year. I think that team, the fact that he's being pretty much ignored in MVP talks, Mm -hmm. that team deserves – he deserves recognition, and that team kind of deserves some sort of recognition in these awards, I feel. He's averaging 20, 10, and and 7.5, which is fucking ridiculous. ridiculous. He might already be, like, the second-best passing big man of all time. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe – he could be the best by the time it's all said and done. And that team is at the top of the West, despite if you go back and listen to us talking about the Nuggets, I'm like, I'm just nervous about injuries. And they've had injuries. And, they and still they've done still well. been good. Yeah. Now, partially that's due to people like Monty Morris and Tory Craig and Juancho Hernan Gomez like really stepping up. Mm-hmm. But it's also because Jokic has been really good and he's the focal point of what they do. So that combination of statistical like really having his best year and showing himself as kind of a top seven to ten nba player and the nuggets team success is what led me to thinking like first team all nba is that recognition of kind of that really upper echelon and i think that merits um merits uh recognition for him yeah i mean i I, I had him at second team yeah. center, so yeah. I I think really highly of him as well. I it was it was really close between him and Davis. Yeah, I think it was the thing about what Davis does though is he and it's this is just like such semantics because he they're both extremely good players. Yeah, I think Jokic gets his gets the guys around him involved a lot better, mm-hmm. but defensively, Davis just. It, like he takes yeah, the he's cake. more impactful for sure. Right. But Jokic has had a good. He's shown defensive improvement this year. He's for definitely sure. a plus defender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of what tipped the balance yeah. for me. Um, Let's talk about Davis. Durant for a second because he's the only one we haven't talked about. Yeah, here's my anti Durant case, and okay. then you can rebut it. It's not logically like there isn't. I can't pull out stats really. I kind of t- joked. I kind of did this a lot on feel and then used stats yeah, yeah. to supplement things where I mm-hmm. where I wasn't sure. But we talked about Curry's brilliance. I don't think that Warriors team deserves to have two first team All NBA players given how they've performed this year. And you know, with ev- and I, you could argue that I'm. Ta- I feel like Durant's brand has kind of taken a hit this year. The thing with him and Draymond. Like unless because I can't like uh, because I can't point to this as like an all like and I tend to kind of want to reward guys who are showing me some sort of career best like to me he's operating on an incredibly high level mm-hmm. but it's kind of just another year, great year for him so I ding him a little bit for that and kind of the meh stinky cloud hover that's been hovering above the Warriors for so yeah. long and then I looked at the stats and he's yeah aver- he's putting up 37 and 6. It's yeah. like unbelievable to see like the amount of consistency that he's putting up there and you're kind and even I was doing this too when I was kind of just initially going through yeah. my all NBA like 
I guess, um, as I was writing everything down, I was just like, man, Katie's just kind of having like a whatever year. Looked at the stats and I was like, wow, this is ridiculous how well he's playing. And it's kind of going under the radar because of how many other good players there are with Steph. And he gets, it's not that he gets lost in the shuffle, but I think Steph is the clear guy on yeah. that team like capital g guy yeah, just on that the team. the point the kind of engine for everything yeah. right exactly and yeah i mean the brand stuff like all the off-court stuff that definitely could hurt his Here, maybe poten- here's something else interesting i'm thinking about uh just to bounce off you what if i make the argument like well they have less of a supporting cast this year draymond's doing worse so curry and and especially Thompson, he's coming back around, but maybe they're just kind of inflated a little bit because everyone around them's taking taking a hit. Maybe that's you know. Yeah, I mean that's a possibility. I mean Clay really struggled like yeah. for like half of the ha- so like basically a quarter of the season he's yeah. struggled a ton with his uh, shooting slump, but he's getting it back. Draymond's looked a little bit better over the past like two weeks or so, yeah. but he does. N- he does not have like a great like he hasn't looked as good and i think there's a lot of questions right now circling whether or not he deserves this extension that yeah. he's up for next year and that's going to be very interesting to monitor because i mean realistically we're we're kind of going down a weird like yes. a different path yes but Draymond, I don't know how much you're going to pay Draymond. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, let's not even go down that rabbit hole. But, yeah, and I just think that drives back to, like, Durant could, uh, he's been playing at an incredibly high level, but I do think uh, my general feel of how a team is doing and their role on it kind of plays a role, factors into these things, Mm. and that's that's why I dinged him and kind of upped Jokic a little bit. All right, so I had Jokic on my second team uh, as my starting center, um for that so and by the way i cheated and kind of put durant as my starting second center on the second team (laughs) which i because i wanted to get in i i originally had this switched and had davis but i wanted to kind of but you know durant does play center for that team sometimes so i think (laughs) i you know whatever i I did a little creative but that's good because it cancels the cancels each other so i had Jokic as my uh who were your guards for so my guards for for second team were Lillard and Kyrie. I thought yeah. that was pretty clear Me after too. the after the I first agree. two. I agree. Um, I mean, you could talk about Lillard because you know more about him. Nah, but all I Lillard's having pretty much a statistically equivalent season to last year when he was first team All exactly. NBA, but the team's doing slightly worse this year. Um, I think the, them being the third seed garnered a lot of favor in people's minds. So because of that, I was willing to put him second team, but he's doing really well. A lot of people would say he's having the best year of his career, which is very good, uh, which is obviously very um, impressive, especially given that he's kind of eight years, seven, eight years in the league now. Mm-hmm. So, But, you know, it's kind of like business as usual for him. And I with kind of the lower echelon of guards like your Russell Westbrook's kind of falling off a little bit it delineates him more clearly yeah I mean they're they're sitting at 27 and 19 they're like fourth in the in the west like half a game back of OKC for three yeah so they're right in the thick of things in terms of where we thought they would be so it's not like 
the team itself has dropped off. I just think the depth of the West has really yeah. risen in terms of um, what there's basically 14 teams still in like the playoff picture Yeah. Um, out in the West, which is ridiculous to say, even at this half point stage. So, I mean, Blazers look good. I think, like you were saying, Dame's kind of had this the same. He's had he. It's there hasn't been a drop off. Yes. from last he's year he's still doing it, and he's the. If you watch those games, he is carrying the team really. Like you know what I? He right. is their go to. Like he is one of the best. Like we're doing bad. Like and actually, I think Kyrie is emerging that in Boston, given how kind of. They've per- underperformed, but he's been really, really great. I think you could actually make a case for him being first team also, especially mm-hmm. lately. He's heated up. This is like maybe the best season just from a pure like getting buckets to me uh, standpoint of his career. And when they've won, he's been the guy carrying them night to night. Like, yeah, it's you when you're looking at Boston, you're like pointing at like why they've kind of regressed or been underperforming. Mm-hmm. I'm pointing to your Tatums and your Horfords. I'm not pointing to Kyrie at right. all. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think those are... And I think Lillard's operates a similar in a similar space. Right, and I think Kyrie's just looked unbelievable. Like, yeah. he's shooting 40% from three. Yeah. And he's looked a lot more efficient with the ball. Um, offensively, he's just... He still has his crazy layup package, all that type of stuff. And like you're saying, he's carried that Boston team, especially through the ups and downs of this season where we thought they were pro- close to a 61 team, yeah. maybe winning the most games in the whole league. And they the their depth has really kind of confused Stevens in terms of what lineups to put out there and things like that. Um, maybe we could talk about that a little bit more later in the podcast. Um, who were your... Did you have Ky- you had Kyrie and Dame at yes. as as your backcourt? And because of my cheating center thing, my two forwards were Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Interesting. Okay. Who were yours? I had Paul George and LeBron. Okay. Yes, and that was in my other controversial move was putting LeBron third team. So why don't we talk about Paul George real quick, and then we can debate Kawhi versus LeBron. Okay. Uh, I think Paul George has been really good and has been. Um, kind of neglected the thunder are what are they third right now they're in the, third in the right west. now in the west and westbrook's been really bad for the most or has mm-hmm. not really been that great for the most part obviously there are other things jeremy grant has played well that kind of we joked kind of early in the season about the thunder and their stretchy supply of endless wings who can't shoot but that's actually worked really well for them from a deep defensive right. standpoint this year. Steven Adams has also been really really good, but I think Paul George has just been solid. In mm-hmm. the games I've watched him play, he's just he's shoot I don't know what his three-point percentage is this year, but he's just shooting threes, he's playing really good defense and he's being that kind of offensive spark plug. In in a way that he wasn't last year, where he felt marginalized in many ways. Right. Yeah. And he'd be my defensive player of the year right now. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's my defensive player of the year as well. Yeah, Paul George has looked... He's kind of raised his game like another, another level to this place where I did not envision him being in terms of him possibly being a first team all NBA type of guy. Um amongst LeBron, amongst 
KD and Giannis. Like, I, I didn't see him on this stratosphere. Mm-hmm. I always saw him as one level below these guys. Yeah. And he's clearly been there for the whole season. And it's really impressive how he's been able to play with Russ because we know how hard it is to play with such a ball-dominant guard in Russ and how much of an impact Russ has on the game. And it's it's almost like... Um, Paul George is quietly averaging like 25 points a game and, and just doing the things that he needs to do to compliment Russ. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. And yeah, so I think the big debate... So you had LeBron on third team. Yeah. I have, I have him on second team. And you have Kawhi on third team, meaning... Yeah, yeah, correct. exactly. Yeah. So the debate between LeBron and Kawhi, for me, they've both, both missed some games. So yes. We can't really dock him there. Um, and the Lakers have really struggled without LeBron, and I think that was kind of my rationale behind that yeah. in, in terms of they've really struggled without him, so yeah. they really need him to mm. be to do well. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and he's he's had a very typical LeBron yeah. season. Like, it's just – it's very boring to talk about, but yeah. he's had this – amazing season and i think still. with that and my rationale on durant i think parallel they're kind of parallel in many ways and it just shows kind of what i value when i'm putting these right, teams right. together i would rather have lebron james on my team than Kawhi leonard don't mm-hmm. don't get me wrong this year but the kind of narrative of like Kawhi's kind of coming him coming back and really picking up where he left off in many ways compared to LeBron, where it's like, there's nothing really... He's uh, doing incredible LeBron things, but there's nothing statistically significant in what he's doing this year in any way. It's just like, just another great year. Combines with the fact that the Lakers haven't... It's You're right that they've been bad with him off the floor, but it's not like on the floor they've been incredible, necessarily. And I just get the general vibe when I watch... He can have a game where he really turns it up, but I just get the feeling from night to night that he's kind of cruising sometimes. Saving his tank for yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, which is completely fair, but that doesn't mean I d- shouldn't... For it, regular it, season. Yes, for regular for season a first award. half of the season award, right, right. I'd rather go with Kawhi, a guy who I feel like, even though that they've done well when he's off the floor, I do feel like he's elevated that team in a general sense, and he's played at a really high level. So I give him the nod over LeBron, although it's by a very slim margin. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't think that's... It makes sense. Like, Kawhi's on my third team, and it was a very close vote, I guess, or ranking in b- between those five forwards, um, between Giannis, KD, LeBron, Paul, George, and Kawhi. It was very... Is very tight trying to. I, w- I could have put any of those two guys on first team and been like, okay, I think Giannis is clear first team, but yes. any of the other guys, I could have just shuffled them Agreed. in and out and been like, yeah. all right, they're my first team forwards. That's my second team. That's my third team. So let's move on to third team because I'm kind of curious to see who you. This is where it starts getting, I think, very. There's a lot of variability. Yeah, in terms there can of be. Exactly. For sure. So who are your guards? So my guard, and th- this one, I, I'm still kind of going back and forth. So I have Kemba here. I have Kemba as well. But The second one the is second the one, I put Kyle Lowry. Who did you put? I put Russ down. But, oh, my gosh. But wow. Okay. He, I mean, 
he's doing the triple double thing again. His percentages are not great, yeah. honestly. Like they don't look good. But that OKC team looks in- incredibly good uh, with him and Paul George. I don't know. I, like Lowry's doing well. Um, I don't know if it's not like he's had a better year statistically no, if you look at no, it. No, but, but he, I, I kind of just use that rationale but for for you but that you just use. Like, he's right. having kind of his same good year. He's missed a little bit of time as well. Uh-huh. And the Raptors are better than they were last year. So I think that nods it for me. I, with the thing about Westbrook is I wouldn't have even – I would have picked Oladipo over him right. before I picked uh, before I picked Westbrook as well. My my critique of West picking Westbrook would be like Westbrook is – at least Lowry stayed consistent, whereas Westbrook has showed a little bit of a decline. But mm. I do understand wanting to reward the gen- – he still does it all on a nightly basis and plays with that energy. You know, he's coming off an injury. There's yeah. not, you know, I'm not taking shots at him by any means, but yeah, I don't know I if mean he's worthy of that. To me, it's worthy of that recognition. Y- but mm-hmm. I understand feeling that way about Lowry, too, from more of just a kind of, like, meh perspective. Yeah, I think that's where it got hard. It was, like, it j- that second guard spot, What there wasn't a clear taker in terms of, oh, wow, I feel great about giving it to that guy. And even because Ru- this this Rust year hasn't been great, he's still averaging a triple double. I don't know how much that means. Probably not much at all because he's averaged it for three straight years now, and it hasn't. It just hasn't like, I guess, translated to results on the court yeah. as much. So. But even so, like if you just watch him play, I just kind of like watching. Him no, play. yeah, he and plays that's hard. Fair. And like I think for that third team spot where we can, I think we can also agree. I think after Kemba, there's a noticeable drop off. I think it's like you have Curry, you have Harden kind of on his own level. Then you have Curry a little bit below him, Lillard and Kyrie a little bit below him, Kemba maybe a drop below, but then I think it's even even yeah, a bigger exactly. drop after that. Kemba's been good this year. Unfortunately, he's just stuck on that. He's having the best year of his career. He's dropped off a little bit lately. He was right. shooting really, really hot to start the year, but he's just kind of sequestered on that shitty Hornets team, and it's hard to get too excited about him. Yeah, do you think there's possible trade No, nah. I think he's going to sign him? a max with them this summer, mm. and that, that's, that's it. Yeah, there was like a couple rumors that I was looking at with him float like with him going to I think there was a trade like a trade rumor proposed about him and like Miles Bridges and an unprotected first for Ben Simmons, which I I don't know how you would feel about that, but I'm not I don't get the point of that yeah, yeah. really. I I don't get it for Philly really, and I don't know why you would give up Ben Simmons to have that. Neither do I. Without going down Ben Simmons slash Anthony Davis talk avenue, the only hurt thing I've heard that makes sense at all is a tr- the only thing I've really heard this year that makes sense for either of those players is a trade that involves them being traded for each other, basically. Yeah, and that's the that's like the Bill Simmons yeah special uh, special that he's been talking about all the time on his podcast. I've, that's an interesting trade. Like I don't really know who would say no to it, but it's just. It's fairly, it's all, it's pretty fair between the teams in terms of if New Orleans resets, then they can go and move on with Ben Simmons and then Anthony Davis alongside Joel Embiid would 
that would be kind of insane in the front court. And yeah. just <laughs> I don't know who could cover that. Yeah, I know. And then the si- I don't want to go down this road, but I, I pretty much agree with you. It's interesting, but I think, I don't know, for logistical, I just don't think the Pelicans are going to be ready to pull the trigger on that yet. Right. Speaking of which, who was your big man on the third team? It was Mine Embiid. was Embiid as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, av- he's averaging 27 and 13. Yeah. That, I mean, he's yeah. doing great. And Philly's team situation slash yeah, chemistry has been weird it's very and weird. awkward. Like, yeah. we talked about Simmons and possibly making that trade. But then even the Jimmy Butler trade earlier in the year and then them going back and forth about touches and, like, whether the offense is right and Jimmy Butler making comments to the media and saying, like, yeah. it, it's just been very weird um aura around yeah that my my take on that without going down that rabbit hole and by mb has been re i think he's actually starting to be slightly underrated within the league i think he had a little bit of mvp buzz early in the year i guess that team just has to do a little better for him to kind of re-enter that but what he's doing on a night-to-night basis i mean he's just such a so he's one of my personal like what you were saying about westbrook like i just really love watching him Every night, and and you know, I I think he could even kind of go up in terms of that kind of prestige elite place in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But my take on the the Sixers situations, basically, I think Simmons and Embiid was a slightly weird fit to begin with, and mm-hmm. you just added in Jimmy Butler, making it slight slightly weirder. And if you go back and listen to our podcast, I had. I think the concerns with Jimmy Butler as a personality in the locker room are evident at this yeah. point. And what were what were we expecting? I don't think it's going to boil over into anything. We I think they keep they'll have enough to keep it together long term as we enter into the summer. Where Butler's head is at will be an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Does he just want to like go to the Knicks or something? I I have no idea. I don't want to go down fantasy rabbit hole. But just like does he? Because you're in now a winning situation. Yeah. So I don't know. And I, I mean, one, I guess one last thing to add about the situation is there's a track record now on Jimmy Butler yeah, kind exactly. of not destroying teams, but causing yeah. a little bit of a situation amongst I mean, there's his more teams. than a track record. He's now done it on every team he's been yeah, on. Yeah, this is the third <laughs> team he's, he's done it on. So it's, and he's only been in Philly for a couple months yeah. now. So it's not. I think it's two months now. Hey, maybe if you're Philly, you're like, well, they're not talking about Markel Fultz anymore. I know. I know. Like, I I didn't even think about him for, I haven't thought about him for like a month at least. Like, he's gone MIA. Like, he's like a witness protection program (laughs) at this point. I have no (laughs) idea where he's at. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, he's the number one pick and he's missing, basically. Yeah. So... Um, I, something a little bit more kind of obscure, uh, which I think will be interesting, though. So we both have Kemba. We both have Embiid. We've talked about our guards. I have LeBron. You have Kawhi. Who's that other? Who's your pick for that other? Yeah, forward and this is the other. I think this was the other sp- uh, spot, like the second team, yes. uh, second guard on the third team that was a little bit tough to try to figure out. I gave it to Blake Griffin. So did I. Um, he's had his best year this year. Yeah, pretty much. And if you look at his statistics, because everyone else is having these all-time type of years, it he his season's gone under the radar. Agreed. 
but he is figuring it out. Like he and the the like the amount of points that he's scoring, the rebounds, he's kind of playing this point forward role that he was thriving in when he was back with LA. Um and he's playing like extremely well on this Detroit team, even though they've struggled and their guard play is not great. Well, and Drummond's been worse this year also, which I think he's scoring his career high in points, and I think that's mostly out of necessity rather mm-hmm. than him necessarily like being better. But it is his second most efficient season offensively, and for him to kind of – and given that he's scoring on a high uh, – at a high clip with a high rate of usage, like – for him to really rebound and that kind of have this kind of season at this stage in his career is something I think a lot of people wouldn't have expected. So I'm very happy to put him on, on third team all NBA yeah, as well. And I'm just looking at some of his stats, like going back for the last five games, who would have ever thought that Blake Griffin would be shooting 11 threes a game, 13 threes a wow. game, and then eight, yeah, eight threes a game, yeah. which is, and he's shooting at 36%, which is, fairly average which is extremely good from where he came from so he's averaging 25 eight and five assists like five assists a game for his position it's pretty incredible what he's doing um that detroit team i wish he had more talent surrounded around yeah uh, surrounding him that so that he can take advantage of it um because it's such an awkward fit they just don't have like enough wing pieces around him to kind of take, um, I guess, the pressure off him and secondary, um, be secondary ball handlers um, on the court. So he, he I thought, is pretty clear um, second forward. I agree, too. Could you think of anyone else who would be? Ben Not Simmons, really. Simmons was kind of, or if you want to get into Luka Doncic territory, Possibly, even though he's kind yeah. of a guard forward. That's But that shows how much of a drop-off that is yeah. that like, you're starting to think about like Luka, basically, right. already. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't really have anyone else. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty clear that it was Blake um, and no one else besides that. So, I mean, I think w- speaking of Luka, like not that it I don't think it's a up for debate in terms of rookie of the year, yeah. but Luca is just so good. <laughs> like he, I just wanted a yearly <laughs> thing. This <laughs> is gonna just be a monthly thing on this podcast where it's like, Kevin, do you still think Luca is amazing? He's so good. Yeah, of he's course amazing. He is. Twenty yes. points a game as yep. a rookie. There I'm I wonder if he g- makes an all star team because it's very hard. You, even Simmons with his pseudo rookie year last year, he ended up not I don't think he made the all-star team last year and he had a really great uh rookie season um he might get voted in so it might be a right right point. Yeah. right exactly but Luca's had he's averaging 20 points a game yeah um I think the f- um the results for the all-star game or the voting totals right now are out um this is like the third update and check on it and I let me j- see what the update is. I don't think Luca's in the top two yet, but there's some really interesting names there, like Dwayne Wade's in like the top five or something yeah. like, like that. That's why Vin- it's good that the like fan vote isn't completely right. Like Vince weighted. Carter's like number seven. Oh, right that now. is funny. So like, yeah. it's really interesting to see Jeremy Lin's at eight in the backcourt for the East. So there's some really interesting uh, pieces. So here's guys that are 
on no, that No, agreed. List. And while you're looking that up, because we've talked about like who were th- who's the second best rookie, stuff like that. So, and since we both obviously agree that Lo- Luke is the rookie of the year, going back to I think the third po- first podcast we ever did, where we were, or maybe it was the second where we were forecasting the draft, we both said we think Luka Doncic should be the number one pick. Mm-hmm. So I want you to power rank these. I want to do the not drafting Luka Doncic stupidity power rankings. Okay. The Suns, the, so just to give you who, and then you can order them how you want. Suns, Kings, Hawks, Grizzlies, from stupidest not drafting Luka to least stupid not drafting Luka. Well, Memphis, I don't think really had an opportunity because they're sitting at five, four, and then... Oh, well, then who's the, the other team I'm thinking about? Well, there Memphis, should be no, it was just three because oh, I... Okay. Because, um, he got. He was traded up. Er, true. He was true. 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 At three. So I guess power ranking the Kings, Suns, and uh, Hawks. I just wanted to say. I think. I guess it was just a roundabout point of coming up with this. I think the Suns don't get enough credit. Aiton has been fine, but I don't really believe he has that really high of a ceiling. I'm a kind of a Trey Young defender. He's actually been shooting relatively well this past season. Uh-huh. But at least I see the upside. And Bagley, it's obvious that it was stupid that they took him. But I just, I guess the point I was trying to make was <laughs> you can you can d- perform the exercise if you want. I think, why is it, why do people say, I think people need to say more like, why didn't the Suns ever have Luke on their radar? I yeah. just don't get it. Yeah. Unless they were thinking about conflicts with Booker, but... I think that would have been fun. I I don't know. That would have been great, I think. Because yeah. Booker could have just spot up, ran around screens, yeah. did his thing at yeah. where, what he did in Ke- You just Kentucky. kind of be a poor man's Clay Thompson who slashes a little bit more or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And handles the bar, uh, ball a little bit more. So it would just be... I thought he would... It would have worked perfectly well. Maybe if you're a defender of the Suns, you point to what's happening with the Mavs and Dennis Smith and all that stuff. Yeah, but, but Dennis, Dennis Smith, Smith can't shoot. Right, I mean, exactly. there's a complete difference. And Dennis Smith is supposed to be a point guard. Booker is can handle the ball, but is being forced to play point guard because they don't have a point guard. Right, right. You know so I, mean? I think that's kind of like... Maybe there's arguments to be had for all three teams because the Suns had the first opportunity to take Luca. With what Sacramento Sacramento ended up taking in Marvin Bagley, he's probably been the worst asset out of all yeah, four players. Agreed. And then the Hawks made that trade to yeah. trade back. But down. at least they got they got a pretty what seemed like an attractive pick and i just think they i don't know i think they took a bigger swing like i can at least respect the swing they took as opposed to eight in who it was like was he really did anyone ever really think he was going to be such a transformational big man at least trey young you're like well we have this super young player who's like this is where the nba is going and he can possibly be the linchpin of our uh, of uh you know New kind I've, of yeah, offense. and I, I mean, I've always been on the Luca train. Like, I thought he should have no, gone I number did too. one. I yeah, did too. We, we, yeah, we both thought he should have gone number one, especially with the emphasis on wing play and like uh, three and D type of yeah. guys and all the way he's able to handle the ball at six eight or six nine. Yeah, like he just has all the skills of a guy that should succeed in the modern NBA. Yeah, and before we get off him, because I mean, obviously. It's just apparent and, and how just, good he just is. And just to have a note, oh, yes. he ended up, he's 
second in the front court yeah. in the West behind LeBron. Yeah. So he's leading by close to a million. Yeah. Over over Paul George, he's leading by like a million votes. I yeah. Um, so he might get voted in. I just wonder if this will lead to an overcorrection when it comes to Euro players. There's been interest. I don't know if you saw KD's quote about kind of because it's being just put to people. When people play the Mavs, like how good is Luca? Should he be an All Star? And I think right, Durant right. said something interesting about like him never having to go to class and just being a basketball player from and like just the focusing. age of fourteen, and then going to the Euro League, which is widely known as the second best basketball league. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if people will put if after Luca, you'll see kind of less of a ding on people coming out of the Euro League or coming out of that. Do you think? Do you think there'll be a shift? to have maybe some American guys go over to Europe and kind of take advantage of that process because there's there's a l- in to make a parallel comparison there's a lot of s- talk going around in soccer about a lot of American players yeah. going into youth systems over in Europe and I'm curious to see if there's like a 16-year-old kid in in America that goes over to Europe, plays on the youth teams in Barcelona, Real Madrid, or one of these big teams, and then ends up basically playing three years of professional basketball Mm -hmm. in the European system and then comes back when he's 19. Yeah, I think it's an interesting, and I'm really, I hadn't considered this, I'm really reacting to this kind of based on gut. I think it's a possibility, but I think it's something, like you mentioned, I think it's something you would need to start when you're, like, for it to really work properly, it has to be, like, a 16-year-old. It can't be, like, Zion Williamson not going to the NBA and going to the EuroLeague, because I think part of that is that kind of development and coming up in that system, and I also think Euro teams like to have people under team control, and I don't think they'd be willing to, like, I don't think they want to be a stopgap on the way to the NBA. I think they want to be... The final flourishing product. their own yeah. talent pool, exactly. So. so I mean, we've pr- we've talked about um, rookie of the year, MVP, um, All NBA. Uh, one of the th- one of the yeah. Where do you want to go? We even talked about defensive player yes, of the year in uh, passing with Paul George. Um, the other couple, I mean, they're not too important. Six man, most improved Who player. Who did you? Uh, yeah, well, we can run through them real yeah, quick. Yeah, six man. I had Lou Williams, but oh, it's funny because I have someone Spencer Dinwiddie. No, I that would actually be a great pick, but I don't even really consider him a six man because okay. he closes so often. I have a guy from that team, but it's a different guy. I have Montrez Harrell. As oh my wow, six man okay, of the year. yeah, they they've. That bench unit has been really good for, yeah. and it kind of shows how deep that Clippers team is. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I had him as the sixth man, and then most improved player, I had De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I didn't write this down, but in the shower this morning, funny enough, I was like, "Hmm, who would I say if they asked me six uh, most improved player?" And I thought for like three, two minutes, and then I was like, "Yeah, De'Aaron Fox." Yeah, he's that Sacramento team, especially with the way they performed from last year to this year. It's just such a market improvement, and the way that De'Aaron Fox has has looked, he's looked like a potential perennial All Star in the future. Yeah, no, absolutely agreed. Um, I think he did show promise that first year, and I think a lot of people were unnecessarily down on him. But uh, and it's an interesting if you want to go to Coach of the Year next, like 
what do we when we're attributing that King's success? Do we attribute it to De'Aaron Fox's growth, or do we attribute it to kind of maybe like someone like Dave Yeager? Because you've seen it's interesting because De'Aaron's gotten way better, but then like Buddy Heald's also gotten way better, and right. like kind of Willie Cauley Stein's gotten at least marginally like, better. Like, is it a you coincidence know? or is it Yeager playing yeah, these? Yeah, but guys I in still think he deserves succeed. most improved player, no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think Nikola Vucevic would be an interesting candidate. He's averaging for that, twenty and for 10. that as well. Twenty and ten, just just to give him a little love before mm-hmm. we move on. Yeah, um, coach of the year. I think it's between the Denver Mike Malone, Denver coach, and um, Coach Bud. Yeah. Um, in Milwaukee. Well, it's interesting because I, I thought it was between... I would have ranked it. I picked Mike Budenholzer. I would have Jaeger second, Malone third, probably. Yeah, I, I had Bud, Malone, then Jaeger. Yeah. So it it's very... It's just kind of interesting to see all these guys, like the narrative that they're uh, that's in play, and that's what kind of drives a lot of the story and the awards i guess in terms of like who has the best story and like what makes the most sense well because the interesting thing about budenholzer he deserves it like he's right, done right. a really good job but the funny thing is like how much credit should he get for like y- giving doing what anyone would have yeah. done like if you were the coach of that t- or like if you and uh-huh. i were coaching that team i think we would have like made similar like gr- obviously we're not NBA, but you know what i mean like if it was like we had him draw out before the season, like, what are the three big changes you're going to make? And we also did that. Like, I feel they like would have been they would have been pretty much the same. Yeah. yeah, which is so it's kind of interesting. But that's the way these awards work, and I have no mo- no uh, no problem giving it to Bud for that reason. Yep, and, right, and, and before we get to our teams to talk about Portland and to talk about the Nets and the second half outlook uh, for our teams, what... Are there any storylines to kind of look out for in the second half of the season that maybe you would ki- you would caution our listeners to take stock of? Hmm. Do you have any? Because m- <laughs> you can go first. I kind of well, yeah. I, ca- I kind of <laughs> sprang that question. No, it isn't good. The one thing that uh, the thing that's coming to mind is like when we look at the underperforming, struggling teams. Are they going to continue to underperform slash struggle? I think the Celtics, as you alluded to earlier, I w- if the Celtics continue struggling, I, are we going to see a critical reevaluation of Brad Stevens' uh, mm. Brad Stevens' head coaching ability? I wouldn't be surprised to see that take uh, crop up, and I wouldn't be surprised to see narratives around like I don't know where the standings are right now, but like. Utah, the, like Donovan Mitchell kind of doubt. Like, I, I think that'll be like, will these struggling teams kind of come around uh, would kind of be my thing I'm thinking of. Yeah, I think the, the big back. the big theme is who's going to make the playoffs out of the West. That yeah. was like what was coming into the year was the question in terms of the depth. But I think the big storyline is whether or not the Lakers make a move and mm, whether yeah. or not they make it for Anthony Davis and whether or not um, New Orleans is going to be far out of it enough in two, in three weeks or so yeah. but in the trade deadline where they say, yeah, all right, we need a strike now and get value no, for Davis now. I agree, and um, as we look to that, I think a good indicator of that, I think to kind of connect those two even further, seeing who's buying and who's selling at the trade deadline, especially mm-hmm. out of the West, are the Grizzlies going to pack it in and maybe they ship off a couple of their excess pieces and start to tank, 
what do the Mavs do? Do they want to make a push and look for someone? Especially when you start hearing names like Kent Bazemore and those like very few wings who are Tim available. Hardaway. Yeah. yeah, Tim Hardaway. Uh, I don't know if Tim Hardaway's getting traded. That Mavs thing that I think was proposed on Simmons' podcast was interesting. In his but, canter, uh, possibly. Yeah. 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 But so as we start to see who's circling those names, that'll, to me, be a good indication on like who's going all in. Yeah, I mean, just to answer that really quickly, I think the Mavs kind of push forward because mm-hmm. they, they almost have no incentive to to tank because they don't get their pick unless it's a top five pick and the way things are looking right now they're sitting at like eighth or ninth from the bottom of the league so it doesn't seem like they'll ever even get that pick because that that pick gets traded away in that trey young deal um so i i think they're gonna try to make a playoff push um, they're going to maybe use that Wes Matthews um, contract to be able to get off money, uh, maybe add, add a rotation piece and see whether or not they can get upgrade in that spot. Is Matthews expiring? I, I think it's a non-guaranteed Yeah, because uh, I was going to say, yeah, something where they're taking on two years of a b- bad contract that can help them or not even sending a, out right, Matthews or whatever. Not even a whatever. bad contract, but something that, a team that's looking to get caps cap space for yeah. this summer and they're trying to get off some of their one of their wing players i think that's a possibility memphis i think that's the one team that is going to start to sell but i'm not exactly sure how like what they would be looking for because of those huge contracts in conley and gasol i don't know how i don't know what the trade construction is for those two teams yeah or for that team. No, neither do I. Uh, but as an interesting, if they do, I could see if we're going to, like, if we were having, I could see Gasol getting traded at the trade deadline. Like, I could see that being the next big, like, I wouldn't, be, there's been kind of stuff about, like, what he wants to do in the, I think he's expiring after this year. Uh, I think there's kind of started to be talks about, like, what does he want, like, and he's been giving interviews about, like, what does he kind of want the last phase of his career to look like? Does he want to just be a Grizzly for life, basically? Or does he want to maybe contend, and if the Grizzlies can't offer that, will he, will he change locations? So, you know, just if we're making out their predictions, I would say stay woke on possible Mark Gasol bubbling. Because if they are going to sell, I feel like they may as well go all the way kind of right he has two years left so okay. this year and next but year. even so yeah. yeah so even so at 25 million for a guy that is probably a top five top six center in the league i think he could definitely help a team so yeah. i'm i'm curious to see what happens and the the other thing that i'm curious to see and we're coming up on it a little bit and i think he's going to be making his debut tomorrow night is demarcus cousins mm, and what kind of, of impact he ends up having on golden state yeah. and whether or not there is a difference in their play mm-hmm. and what and and if he changes um the style and the way they play yeah no i do think that is interesting honestly when it comes to him i'm kind of uh not a pessimist or i don't know i was gonna say whatever the opposite of like being like i just i see incremental hopefully i think they're going to be as conservative as they can be with bringing him back now the interesting thing in that dynamic would be if he struggles a little bit at the beginning or if they're bringing along him along really slowly does he start to get upset does that cause Mm. any friction 
that would be interesting, but like I don't see them coming out and it being like gangbusters immediately. Right, right, right. So let's move on to our two teams to talk about them and their second half. Yeah, outlook. you hit it first. Just just go on the nets right now. I wanna hear I wanna hear everything. I'm just like in love with this team right now. <laughs> like the way they play, um I I was complaining about Kenny Atkinson a little bit in our previous podcast in terms of whether or not he can coach, things like that. But he's looked like he's got his sea legs under him. He does this weird thing, though. I went to a Nets game over our um, winter break. Um, this is our first week back in law school. But we – so I, I went to go watch them play against the Pacers, and they were missed that, like, seven-game winning streak, and they ended up losing the game. But what – Atkinson would do kind of weirdly I thought was kind would go into this zone defense mm-hmm. and I was well, they're like, kind of doing a one-man zone with Jared Allen right that's and, been kind and, of a thing they'd and like I, to I was do, just right? like what is what is he doing because the Pacers ended up scoring on four or five straight possessions and I was screaming my head off to get to tell him to get out of the zone <laughs> um, because they're just like they were playing a lot better in man-to-man defense and then I, w- I was actually listening to a podcast a couple of days ago, and it was on the ringer, and they were talking about the zone defense that the Nets play. They kind of sprinkle it in, and they've talked about how throughout the league the zone defense has been a little bit more used, I guess, to kind of change things up. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't. So it surprises teams maybe f- on out of time after timeouts and things like that. So if they uh. The coach has his play drawn up, thinking about man. Yeah. They just come out in zone to kind of surprise them. Yeah, that. But after it was it was frustrating to watch them play in that game. But overall, they've won 15 out of the past 20 games. They're on this hot streak right now. They're doing it without Karis LeVert. D'Angelo Russell looks like a guy that I'd be very comfortable signing to a long term deal, mm-hmm. which is kind of scary to say probably a month ago but now he's kind of turned it on especially without Karis LeVert Spencer Dinwiddie the contract that he just signed as already an extension looks like an incredible looks value amazing he's I, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast he scored 11 points in 30 seconds it was unbelievable the the way he was able to do that um yesterday against the Houston Rockets they were down nine points um at the end or six points at the end of the game. He ended up making three threes to send it to OT. They were down seven in OT, and then they ended up coming back and winning it. Um, and he en- he made an and one at the end of the game to put them ahead for good. He looks like one of these guys that can be a second guard on a team s- or a six-man, a really, really overqualified six-man. I'm just really excited about this team. Karuk's who out of yeah, nowhere yeah. like a second round I mean pick. we probably I don't I think as of last uh the last podcast we did we probably didn't mention D- definitely mention did him not once mention in these him. segments yeah yeah so the nets have a, a team that's 11 deep and you could kind of throw any of those guys out there yeah and they're very flexible versatile and interchangeable that I'd be very comfortable throwing out five of those guys out there and I'm I'm just really happy with the way the team's developed. 
and I'm looking forward to them making the playoffs. Yeah, and I was going to say, I think at this point, every time we bring it up, I kind of ask the question, do we want them to make the playoffs? And I think at this question, it's more of just a matter of if than if than do you. And I would put my money on them making it just given the strength of the East. I think two things to watch, two things just I thought of based on what you said. I'm not so sure about the... D- I haven't watched them so much this uh-huh. year. I mean, so much this month, so I don't know about the D'Angelo thing, but I would for the right of, price. I would right kind price. of be more apt to keep get really roll with Dinwiddie and see if you can use that money elsewhere, um, especially if Lavert comes back. And it'll, the other thing will be as in the next month or so post All Star break, as we look towards Lavert's return, that'll be a nice storyline for them as well. Exactly, and they're sitting right now at 523 and 23, sixth in the East. It's it's just getting me excited. Like they have a potential um, first round matchup right now against Indi- the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, like I, that's winnable. Yeah, like, that's what you're salivating exactly. at for if, sure. If they could get to that and they get to the second round, not that they would ever get get to the the championship. <laughs> to to um the Eastern Conference Championship round but it's just kind of The exciting. only thing is I don't know if that I know it seems picking on Indiana but I don't think that what in the playoffs you can't really be like we'll throw out 11 guys exactly. like that's when rotations no, shorten and stuff like that. that that's so. totally true. So I'm curious to see how they play and how these in these young guys especially like Karuk's like improves. He's he's getting starter minutes right now. So I'm just excited. Jared Allen's kind of had this uh, compilation of guys that he's been blocking. So he he added James Harden to the list now. Yeah. So it's it's just an exciting time to be a Nets For fan. Sure. And I'm very curious to see what happens um, after this season in the off season, whether or not they can get um, a player to add to this roster. And on the flip side, uh, in, in a time of excitement, I've kind of had a kind of had a realization with m- in my Portland Trailblazer fandom. Uh, I'm not not nothing too dramatic, but I've gotten a little bored to be honest with you. Um, they've been good in the last month or so. They've been fun to watch, and when they're winning and playing really well, they just kind of had a relatively easy stretch where they played. Cleveland and the Hornets and uh, some other crappy team from the East, at the Knicks, and then they beat all of them pretty handily in their fun games to watch, and then they have a close game versus the Denver Nuggets and then have a back-to-back with the Kings that they lose. I kind of fe- – and there are interesting things that happen within the team. I want a quick shout-out. Uh, Harkless, yikes, has been out again with this mysterious knee ailment, but Jake Lehman in his uh, stead has actually stepped up really well. He scored over 12 points in the last three games. Hello, Maryland alum. Yes, Fear the Turtle. It's fun to be watched, especially with the Maryland actual basketball team having some success. It's been a great. Exactly. It's been a great time. Kevin Herter had twenty nine a couple. Yep. Of my, uh, yeah, a couple I know. I, I saw that. So Maryland too. basketball uh, is it's really on the flourishing. It's, it's on really the flourishing right now. So that's been fun to watch. And also, Seth Curry has. I think I complained about him a little bit in my last po- in the last podcast, and he's really stepped up as a viable member of the bench. <laughs> he's actually leading the league in three point percentage right now. So that's fun. But the thing is, what I've come to realize about the Blazers kind of is it seems like in the past few years especially, there are kind of points of equilibrium change, like 
Nurkic does slightly better. McCollum's doing better. You know, these bench Myers Leonard's doing really well, and certain people are doing better or worse. But their overall equilibrium doesn't change. And I'm starting to be like, <coughs> I kind of know what I'm getting at this point, and it's a little boring. And until we get to a first, and if you, you have another first, like, I'm happy and excited, but I think if you have another first, like, it'll be, especially uh, on being on Twitter and having the temperature of this fan base, I think, like, the general vibe right now is, like, we're happy, but if they lose handily in the first round again, like, I think <laughs> you're going to see this be the last ride with C.J. McCollum possibly being the odd man out. But I'm having a good time watching them regardless. Don't you think, though, if there's a first-round loss, I guess, again, like they had last year, which was pretty handedly a sweep, it should. I think they should change it up yeah. after this year. Well, because the other interesting thing is there was this tweet a long time ago that made me laugh that, like, Neil O'Shea for – the shit he gets from some Blazer fans, and he's had kind of an up-and-down run. I, I can't be that mad at him. But there there was kind of a joke that, like, he's doing this galaxy brain thing of, like, while the Warriors have their dynasty, you sign Evan Turner to, like, a gigantic... <laughs> so the joke is kind of, like, they'll actually... Evan Turner and Myers Leonard and Mo Harkless will actually be expiring contracts next year as that dreadful summer kind of starts to enter the rear view and with money being on the horizon what potential kind of chess moves they would do next year with that possible blow it up mentality would be interesting but i i and i'm not really yearning to push the button on that too soon i would be fine with them giving up a first round pick this uh trade deadline to acquire someone like a baysmore or someone who can be that starting to very good bench caliber wing as much as there's a dearth of them around the league. So with those contracts, with the Evan Turner, the Leonard contract, are those expiring after next year? Yeah, they're expi- next year they will be expiring contracts. Okay, yeah. okay. So I, they have this year and next year left on them. I, I think that makes it pretty interesting because yeah. then you kind of get to this point with this team, if they could hold on for another year or so, what – if you just reshuffle the deck and see yeah. whether or not you could surround um, CJ, Dame, and Nurkic with better players, basically, and well, that's with the money the, they spent. Hey, that's kind of been their uh, that was their mo prior to the twenty of s- the summer of twenty fifteen. You had the l- very lucky Chandler Parsons flirtation that didn't pay off, which actually led to the Evan Turner signing. You had Hassan Whiteside. Uh, and Dwight Howard both have long flirtations. Yeah. Uh, it's never really seemed to pan. Like, I think you really need the right guy to kind of come along. Yeah. And I don't know who that'll be. Yeah, I'm not They've exactly tried to sure. recruit in late lately. You know, you've seen Damian Lillard and CJ kind of go after Mellow and stuff like that when those times have arised. Jesus so, Christ, you know, I don't I even know, know what happened with Mellow. Yeah, oh, my uh, he's God. Just, yeah. He's in him, him and, uh, and Markel Fulter playing one-on-one in some <laughs> Lifetime <laughs> Fitness in, 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 in an undisclosed New York on the moon. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, so it's, yeah, I think they're, that team is, for me, has just been always steady. Um, yeah. There hasn't been much that's changed. Yeah. And like you were saying, when... Nurkic is having a very good season, yes. I think. As I said, triple-double, the 5 by 5 game a couple weeks ago, right, which, right. which was exciting. So, like, he's having a great yes. great year, 
but CJ's kind of taken this step. A little not, bit. A li- um, like a tiny step back. There are people back. who are arguing like, no, he's really not. He ha- He's doing what he's always done. He's just less of a focal point as a result of him and Lillard playing together more. Yeah, I, I could see that argument just because like, yeah. since they're sharing the ball and sharing the court and yeah. Evan, they've given the, those minutes to Evan Turner to kind of take care and take take his own unit on yeah. that second unit i could see that argument but he's taken a slight step back yeah i would agree um so it's i i'm curious to see how they what matchup they get in that first round yeah. of the playoffs because i think it's pretty clear they're gonna make the playoffs yeah i just agreed. don't i don't know who because right now sitting at fifth is houston and i don't like with Houston's depth problems, if they if they're at full strength, Houston's yeah. Like if I'm scary. the Blazers, I'm probably rooting for like the, the Clippers. Well, yeah, in the four five, but I mean, if you can get up to three and then get whoever's in the six, that would be sweet. San Antonio. That's my that was my sure. prediction. Yeah, we'll see. In the year. The, we both all have kind of our West sleepers still still lingering, but it'll be interesting. And then the only other storyline I think will be interesting going forward is Nurkic has had these kind of little blips before of really good play. If he's able to actually sustain that, and you see the team kind of reaching another level as a result of that, that would be another thing to keep an eye on. Right. As well. What I've been impressed with him is that it's not a contract year, and he's playing this well. Yes. And like he's being, he's. This is the most consistent play that we've probably seen out of him. Absolutely agreed. And a thing, people. This probably everyone's shut the podcast off by now. Yeah. But an interesting thing, Blazer beat writers have noted is in his offense, he seems to be taking his time a lot more right. in post play, and I think that's also manifesting himself in his kind of passing ability. He just seems to be not in a rush and I, I that could maybe the games like he's pretty young still so mm-hmm. that's an agreed with the contract thing i was just kind of making the point of like maybe he's finally settling in in a way and right, that, right. that can yield itself to positive play as we close this out we're going to blazers nets in a couple we weeks, are so that'll we, be fun do yep. we need to put some sort of wager i, on I this feel like we next, need to yeah well i think we might at, we might actually be back uh, before that, because if trade trade deadlines oh, coming okay. up, so maybe we'll do like a post trade. When deadline is the trade review. deadline? You know, do you know the date? The date is so the the um, Nets Blazers game is the twenty first or twenty second. That's I right. Believe. Yeah, isn't All Star twenty? Isn't All Star the twenty? No, this will be is All Star the fourteenth or something? I'll yeah. look up All Star while you look up the trade deadline. <laughs> Let me. Yeah, we're doing this on the podcast. Why can't I find the trade deadline date? Well, they're close February February seventh. I know they pushed it before the All Star. And All Star is the seventeenth, so yep. we'll be post. Yeah, we'll definitely do one because maybe we'll do like a All Star preview slash trade deadline recap. Right, exactly. So we'll probably be back in all right less than a month or so. Cool. But we'll have a we'll have a bet sorted out or something like that. Maybe we'll put it on Instagram or whatever it is. So. Thanks, guys, for listening again. Um, Hopefully you haven't turned off the podcast yet. But if you are still listening and you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, all those platforms. And um, just keep on listening. We're we're having some more content out. I'm posting a a soccer podcast. Oh, cool. um, 
regarding the transfer window tomorrow. So listen to that one. And we post some really cool interview podcasts, one with my friend Pat Shelberg, who was a, a runner at UNC. He ran a mile in four minutes and 10 seconds. So he's giving me tips on half marathon preparation and things oh, like is this that. this your New Year's resolution? Right? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. This. Yeah, so we haven't talked about it personally, but <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that actually <laughs> happens. So he gives me advice on that one that I posted last week. So give that a listen as well. So thanks, guys, for listening again. And thanks, Andrew, for coming back on. All right. Thanks, Kev. See you.